0: In the world we are living in, the Lord is looking for a people that will be willing to stand out and be different for him. To be sanctified means to be set apart for service. It's to be set apart for use. It's it's a vessel. When you sanctified a vessel, you cleansed it, you prepared it, and you set it apart to be used for a specific purpose. I believe God has cleansed us through the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ, those that are redeemed. I believe he has has cleansed us and prepared us, given us an assignment, set us aside, and now he's saying this is the assignment. This is the hour. Now is the time. Redeem this time and begin to make a difference. And so I, but, but it's going to happen through people that are paying the price to live the way God has asked them to live because that's when the Lord can flow through you. Amen. How many want the Lord to flow through them? We're going to do something at the end of this service tonight. I just felt very directed of the Lord in prayer uh, this afternoon to do this. At the end of service tonight, we're going to gather right up here at the front, and I'm going to anoint and pray over you and release you to ministry because the Lord just said, I want whoever's there tonight. I want you to release them into ministry of my plan. And, and so I want you to, I want you to be preparing your heart tonight for what God is going to do and say in your life in second Corinthians chapter seven and verse number one we've looked at the scripture on a couple of occasions as this has just been a jumping off place. But 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 says, therefore, having these promises, and, and if you'll remember when we started this, we went back into chapter 6 and we looked at the promises that that starting around verse number 11 um, and, and moving on through there, we were given some promises by God. And then in chapter 7, verse 1, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. Remember, we talked about that. Let us cleanse ourselves. Christ does the work in us, but we have a work to do to ensure that we are living in the cleansing power of Jesus Christ. Amen. We can't work our way to salvation. We can never be good enough. That's not what it's about. It's not about trying to be holier than everybody else or thinking we can work our way to something. That has nothing to do with this. But when Christ has redeemed us and changed us and cleansed us, we have a responsibility now to keep our focus and to walk in that new life that we have been given. Amen. And we don't talk about that enough. We kind of drop people off at salvation and we just say, well, Jesus paid it all and now just go. And, and people don't, they, they don't understand there is responsibility with being. Do you know there's responsibility in being a citizen of a kingdom? Any kingdom, any country, any nation, citizens have responsibilities. Amen. As, in, as an American, you and I have responsibilities to be good citizens, to live to the standard of the country that we are citizens of, right? And if we don't do that, when, when America was a sane country, when you don't live according to those laws, you, you uh, pay a price for that. You paid a penalty for that. You weren't rewarded for living contrary to the principles of the of the country that you were living in amen and the same goes for a heavenly kingdom christ we have been born we have been reborn into a new kingdom okay and Christ has done all of the work. He's made us new. He's He's, he's created old things that passed away. All things become new. But now we discover our responsibilities as citizens in this kingdom. And that's what we have been trying to look at and talk about. So he says, therefore, having these promises in this kingdom, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all. Somebody say all. All as my cousin Carol would say if he was here preaching, he'd throw his head back and say, oh, I don't know if y'all remember that or not, uh, but uh, we need to cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God completing holiness in the fear of God, maturing in holiness in the fear of God. That, that's what he is trying to say to us. That's what this scripture is trying to say to us. And I'm not going to go back and revisit it, but, but make a mental note of that. You might need to go back and listen uh, to these, because we talked one week about cleansing ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Amen we got to be careful about those things that we have allowed, not just in our flesh that come out of our flesh, but those things that have attached to us in spirit. You know, there's a spirit of this world. There's a spirit of this age. There is a spirit of Antichrist. There is a spirit of rebellion. There there are spirits in this world, and, and many believers are opening themselves up to these, to these spirits of the world, of the adversary, of the enemy. Now, I, I don't read in the Bible, I don't believe uh, that believers, those that are in Christ, can be possessed by the devil. But I do believe we can be oppressed, we can be hard-pressed upon, and we can invite those spirits into our life to bring chaos, havoc, disruption. And when that happens, they need to be cast out. Amen. They need to be cast out of lives. There there's a difference in being possessed. Right? There are people that are possessed of the devil that need to be cast out. Jesus would address that. But there are also people who have not cleansed themselves in the flesh and the spirit. And things have attached themselves to them that need to be taken off, off of them. Need to be cast down and thrown away. And the church is backed away from that as a whole. But I believe God is saying, I'm reclaiming my people. Amen. And so you can go back and maybe listen to some of that, find that. I can't remember which week it was. If I could remember, I'd tell you and save you the time, but you can just go back and listen to them and you'll find it in there as we talked a little bit about that. And first Corinthians chapter one and verse number 30, first Corinthians chapter one and verse number 30 says, but of him, you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Christ in us now has become for us righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. These are the things that Christ desires to, to bring through us, and we must allow him to. Righteousness, Right standing with God. Being in a right place with God. Only comes through Christ. It is Christ that allows us to go boldly before the throne room of God. Because our high priest has made us right where we can come in. Amen. And sanctification. He sets us apart now for service in the kingdom for God the Father. And redemption means he has purchased back everything that the enemy has tried to take from us. Amen. That means our past has been redeemed. That that means our failures has been redeemed. All of those things Christ wants to bring out of us and show these things to our world because that's what a kingdom person looks like living in this world. So, tonight we need to we need to walk our way through this and and see there there are three areas and i'm going to just touch real quickly on it on the area we left off on last uh, last time we were here two week, two Wednesdays ago and and that is when we come to this concept of holiness there is a holiness of stance a holiness of our posture a holiness of our position Okay, we talked about that, but I want to just recap that because it ties into where we are going. And, and so, therefore, our posture, our position, and the stance that we take should be one of holiness as people of God. That means we should stand and our posture should be truth. Truth applied. And you cannot apply truth unless you know the truth. Amen? Amen. If you know the truth, he who knows the truth, the truth will set you free. The truth will always set you free if you know it's the truth you know that sets you free. It, right, It's not just because there's a truth out there. It's the truth you know and apply. That sets you free. So our stance, our posture as holy people of God and walking in a holy uh, life now that's been redeemed by Christ as he has our sanctification through us. He's our redemption and he's our righteousness. We are perfecting holiness. We are cleansing ourselves now from, from the filthiness of the flesh and things of the spirit that has tried to attach. He already did the new creation. New work, but now we walk in his word. And part of that is we take a stance, a posture, and a position of truth. The world does not like that because the world does not want truth. There is absolute truth in the word of God. Doesn't matter what anyone says. Doesn't matter what culture says. Doesn't matter what people feel about it. Doesn't matter what people think about it. There is a absolute truth of the word of God. And that's where a believer should take their stand. We must not waver. We we must not waver because people we love don't really believe what the Bible says. We still don't waver off of it just because people we know, and we know them to be good, kind, and loving people, but they don't live according to the word and they don't think it's necessary. That does not make us waver off of the posture of holiness, which is the truth applied of the word of God. Amen. Do you know there are people that are good people, loving people, kind people, but if they're not walking according to the word and they're not standing upon the truth of God's word, they are not right with God. It doesn't matter if they claim claim to be or not. If they're not walking in truth in Christ, they are not right. And we cannot cater to that. We must have a stance and a posture and a position of holiness which is built upon the foundation of truth. See, we don't build uh, uh, the concept of holiness off of the stance and posture and position of our traditions. When you do that, then you get, you get stuck on things like the way we look or the things we wear or this or that to the extremes. Now, just hold on with me. But we can go to the extremes if that's if where we, where we get stuck is on our tradition, on our way. Of the, no, we stand on the truth of God's word. Amen. Let me tell you, before you start fighting over the areas that, that aren't fully maybe addressed in the Word of God, take your stand on the things that are addressed in the Word of God. Amen. It's easy to see if you just pay attention to God's Word. So the truth applied. I'm not going to go. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus prayed that they would be in the truth, that in John 17, that we would walk in the truth and know the truth. John chapter 8 talks about the truth will set you free. You can go read those. You can look at those. The second stance, posture, position of holiness that we must take is one of sacrifice. Holy people will be people of sacrifice. They will be sacrificial in their lives. They'll be willing to give to God their life, their dreams, their hopes. They'll be willing to give to God their temporal things, sacrificial giving, people that are dead to their flesh. They they will not allow their flesh to rise up. They will continue to mortify the deeds of the flesh. They will continue to put off the old man. They will will relinquish passions and desires under the Father's will. They will be like Jesus who prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Even though his will was a perfect will under the Father, but he prayed. Prayed that prayer for you and I. And that's why he told him, Watch and pray. He wanted them to see how to overcome as people, and you submit your will. That's why John the Baptist would say, I have to decrease now because the one is here that is the Messiah, and he must increase. Amen. And so the posture and the stance and position of people of holiness, people that are trying to fully live the life of Christ, letting Christ live through them, the power of the Lord are sacrificial people, putting off the old and putting on the new. How many know that's a sacrifice that's not easy, but it's what we're called to. Roman, you go read Romans six, go read Romans six. Verses 1 through, probably down through 14. You can read the whole chapter. In fact, best thing you could ever do is go read Romans 6, 7, and 8. And digest it until you understand it. Because it'll change your life forever, if you will. But Romans chapter 6 is going to talk about the flesh. How many know we have a battle with our flesh? But people that are pursuing the holiness of God. Amen. He, what, Hebrews 12 and 14 tells us that, that, um, that we must pursue holiness. Peace and holiness with all men, without which no man will see the Lord. Amen. And so when we are pursuing holiness, that means the fle- we're going to have a battle with our flesh. Amen. We're going to fight with our flesh. So we need to learn how to put it down. That's sacrificial living. And, and then a holiness of stance and posture and position will be boldness. Because we will be unafraid. It's sad to see how many believers are afraid and timid to speak of Christ and his word. And when the church is silent on God's word, you see crazy things rise up like we're seeing in our culture right now. When the church is silent on God's word and too afraid to stand up to the enemy that's trying to deceive and defeat, you you get a culture that doesn't know whether they're male or females. Amen? And the word is clear. Science is clear. Biology is clear. My goodness. Amen? Doesn't matter what you think you are. When you're born... You have XX or XY when you die. You have XX or XY, and you're either male or female. It's not any harder than that. It, the, the, the dysphoria and the things of, well, I feel like this or feel like that, I understand people feel a whole lot of ways. Unregenerated people feel all sorts of things. Amen? You got grown people that feel like they're little children, but they're not little children. Amen? And we have to be bold. We can't play and, and, and say, well, we don't want to offend people. The word, the word sometimes is, I'm going to tell you, the word offends me all the time. Because it's offensive to my flesh. Amen? Because I read that, and as I study the word, I see things, and I think, Lord, my flesh doesn't like that. I don't wanna to have to do that, right? Can I just bypass scriptures like that say turn the other cheek or you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Can I just, you know, can I just kind of skip over those? That offends me. My flesh doesn't like that. I have a right to stand up for who I am. Come on now, are y'all are y'all with me? See, the word is going to be offensive. And in fact, to sacrificial living people pursuing the fulfillment of holiness that Christ has brought alive in us, the word of God will offend your flesh. In fact, that's how you know you need to put it down. Amen. Because when the flesh rises up, it doesn't rise up for the will of God. It rises up contrary. It's enmity with God. Amen. Come on now. I could preach right there. that it's, in me, it's an enemy of God. So when people in their flesh say, well, I don't like what the word says, that tells you right there who's right and who's wrong. And we have to be bold because that's simply flesh rising up and, and in a fight with God. So we got to be bold. Ephesians 6 says we've got armor to put on. You don't without being mean can I just say this we're not online so I can say it I guess I can edit it out if it doesn't come out right if since if we're just recording I don't, I don't know but let me tell you probably 90% of Christians right now they don't need any armor they're, they're secret service Christians right right they're hidden Christians. They're blended in. But I going to tell you, you start putting the armor on like that word talks about, you're going to stand out. You walk around with a helmet of salvation on, you're going to stand out. Right? You walk around with a breastplate of righteousness on, you're going to stand out. If if your loins are girded with a belt of truth, you're going to stand out. You're not going to go along with all the mess of this world. If your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you're going to stand out. Right? If you've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Oh, come on now. You're going to stand out. If you're praying in all prayers and supplications, you're going to stand out. But but if you're not going to do any of that, what in the world do you need any armor for? You're not fighting anything. You have relinquished everything Christ has given. All of that is what Christ has given us. And we are to be bold and stand in it. David didn't need Saul's armor because David had God's armor. And when he put on Saul's armor, he couldn't be bold because it was way too big for him. It was clunky. It would have gotten his way. It would have held him back. He didn't need man's armor. He needed God's armor. Oh, come on now. And when when he took off man's garment. Armor and put on God's, he was able to run to the adversary and tell that giant, Hey, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Somebody needs to say amen on a Wednesday night here at River Life Church because we got to be bold. Amen. Y'all pray for me. Hey. And then we need to look at, that's our stance, our posture, our position is truth applied, sacrificial, sacrificial life completely, and boldness. That's, that's, that's where we have to make our stand. Holiness is a life for people. It's holiness of life and living. Come on. You, you might say, oh, pastor, that sounds really old school. But I want to tell you, we need to get back to holy living. I said earlier, if you take your stand and build your stance on just tradition or things you believe or, or things other people have done when, when God moved in their lives, then you're going to get stuck there and you kind of go to extremes that, that aren't biblical. But I want to tell you, there are things that are biblical. Holy living is biblical. Amen. Problem is, we need to know who we are. In Christ, We need to know whose we are, that we are citizens of God. We are sons and daughters of the king. We need to know where we are. That means we are in the battlefield, on the battlefield for the Lord, and we need to be aware, and we need to be aware of him as he shows up. Amen? And the way we do that is a life of holiness, living holy. It's our life. Living right in a wrong world needs to become your lifestyle. Amen. I want, I'm just going to be bold and blunt with you tonight because if we're going to be set apart for the kingdom, there are going to be things that you can't submit to. There are going to be things you have to turn off of the television. There are going to be things that you listen to that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is going to convict you and you're going to have to quit listening to it because it gets junk down in your spirit. And the old saying of garbage in, garbage out, that's what happens. You put that garbage in and in and in and that garbage is going to come out of you. Amen. There's a there's a holy life. We have to live right in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And this is a crooked and perverse generation. And God is looking for a church that will stand up and say, this world may be crooked and it may be perverse, but I'm going to stand on the truth of God's word. And my life is going to be pleasing unto the Lord. And if you do that, the Lord will use you for his kingdom purposes. In Titus 1 and 8, he says, be, he's talking about bishops, but really it's anyone that's in the kingdom be hospitable. Be a lover of what is good. Be sober-minded. Be just. Be holy. Be self-controlled. Amen. somebody needs to start preaching the truth again. We're not rabbits. We need to quit acting like it. In the church. Amen. Amen. I told you I felt evangelistic tonight, so y'all help me. we got to live right in the wrong world. What does that look like in our day? Not in past days, but in our day. What does it look like to live right in 2022? I'm not not talking about trying to live right in 1950. It's a whole different world. 1970 was a whole different world. 1980 was a whole different world. 2010, a whole different world. 2019 a whole different world than where we're at in 2022 what does it look like to live right in our world today that we have to, we have to determine that by the word of God and that's how we have to live our life amen that's our lifestyle has to has to be that way we have to be consciously consciously thinking Okay, what does it look like for me to live the life of Christ in my world today? If you'll ask yourself that, people won't have to tell you things you need to do and don't do. If you'll sincerely pray and ask the Lord with fear and trembling, the Lord, His Spirit will show you things to do and things to stay away from. Amen? There are places believers shouldn't be. There are things believers shouldn't do. There are ways believers shouldn't act. And, and we need to get back to that. It needs to become our lifestyle. We need to be, listen, we need to be people of modesty, temperance, because that deals with your pride. If we're going to live in holiness. If we're going to be holy people, we've got to return to modesty. We have a very, I, I don't, I don't even need to say it. We have a very immodest culture. And if you don't know that, just go shop at Walmart. You'll see things nobody should see. Amen. Amen. It, I'm not. I'm not gonna get. Don't. Don't get all nervous. I'm not, I didn't bring my ruler. Hey, I was raised in, in uh, those days, you know, where I, I think some of them might have had a ruler on them to make sure that skirts were the right length and uh, hair was long enough and sleeves were down far enough. And so, you know, hey, I, hey I, I could do that with the best of them because that was my upbringing. I I know about that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about quit bringing, yeah, I, I, I would be kicked out for standing up here like this. So I... I'm talking about bringing glory and honor to Christ, not yourself. See, it's a pride issue. Men or women. Amen. We always hit the women. Right. We Always hit the women. But this goes for men and women. You get people radically saved and the men and women will change. They'll change. You'll see a change in the way they look. You'll see a change in their atmosphere and their attitude. Pride will be put down. A- amen. And it'll show up. When pride is put down, it'll show up. It'll show up in the way you present yourself. Do, do you understand there is a right way for believers to present themselves to the world? Well, that's is pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> Even if you don't mean it, I appreciate you saying amen. (laughs) Yeah. We need to be receptive and we need to be temperate in all things. And we need to, in quietness, have receptive attitudes. Hmm. And holiness of life comes out in your speech. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. Our speech should be different. Because our speech should be flavored with grace. Amen. They wrote this. They didn't have Twitter and social media. So speech even involves what you type. People that are pursuing holiness need, need, need to speak as believers. We need to not have those idle, vain words. Come on now. Hmm. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures. Time is it? Oh, I got lots of time. Colossians 4 and 6. Colossians 4 and 6. If you don't believe me, let's just see what the word says. If you're one of those that would say, well, I don't think it matters how I talk and what I say, well, that's not what the word says. Let's just let's just stay with the word. I'm taking a posture of the word. Colossians 4 and 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. You know what salt is? Salt's a preserver. Salt is brings flavor, taste, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer. Each one, he had just said, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech be seasoned with grace. Now, can you justify those words that so easily fly off the tongue? Those angry and hateful, can you justify that as a believer according to the word? You cannot. You you can't. You have a responsibility for the words that come out of your mouth. You and I both. And and the responsibility is what's in my heart. Amen? Do you know if you get your heart so in tune with the Lord, it's even possible to stub your toe or hit your thumb with a hammer or do some of that and still not spew out the words that you would have spewed out as (laughs) before you were saved. Amen. It's a heart issue. Speech, hear me. According to the word, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Speech, you're the way you speak, the words you say, that's a heart issue. man that's challenging isn't it and that's challenging to me because the way I talk not not I mean hey I hopefully I've grown enough in my life I don't I don't have the outburst of cussing issues and all of those kind of things thank God uh at One time in my life I did, but since being a believer now, I don't have those issues. That's not what I'm talking. If, if you're struggling with that, and there are Christians that still struggle with that, get your heart. Get it in the, with the Lord until you are so ingrained in the Lord. Your heart is so in tune with him that those words lose their hold on your life. Amen? But all of us have word issues. Amen. Hmm. We we all face word issues. <laughs> Proverbs chapter eight. Proverbs chapter eight, verse number seven. Let's back up to verse six. He says, Listen, for I will speak of excellent things. And from the opening of my lips will come right things. For my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. They are all plain to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Amen. Our our words, the way we talk. The things we say, are they words of faith? Are they agreeing with God? Or are they agreeing with the world? Are they, have you spent more time arguing with others than testifying to others? Holiness of living. And the last one is holiness of thought and outlook. Do you know? I, I understand Thoughts come in constantly. Amen? How many, how many understand that? Thoughts come in constantly. Sometimes you can't, you, we live in a rough world. And man, I mean, you'll see things and thoughts will come to your mind. and the, it, the, It's not sin when the thought comes in. But when you entertain it and you dwell on it, that's when you get in trouble. You can't help what comes in. It hits you. You see things. But what you do with those thoughts, those stray thoughts, those, those thoughts of the world, not from the kingdom, those thoughts of worldliness, not of righteousness, what you do in that moment is pivotal. Well, Pastor, you're, you're really talking about some hard things. No, I'm talking about biblical things. Take captive Amen. Second Corinthians 10. I didn't plan to go here, but let's just go there. And Robert will find it for me. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verses. Three. Let's start at verse three. For though we walk. In the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down arguments. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought. Somebody say every. Somebody say every Hold on is that possible? Well apparently it is. The Lord tells us to in his word bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You can't the thoughts are going to come cuz we're in a war, we're going to have a battle, but our role is to have a heart for God and and full of the spirit and walking according to his word that when those thoughts come in, we take them into captivity. To obedience to Christ. So every thought, if it's a stray thought that's contrary, you take it and you take it to Christ. And you say, no, I'm living in obedience to Christ. If you're going to live with me, you're going to live in obedience to Christ. You're going to be held captive in Christ. You're going to be held captive to the truth, the word of God. Every thought, when it comes in, take it to Jesus. Oh, come on now. Well, that's not possible. If you'll practice it, it'll become easier and easier and easier. The problem is, when we mindlessly, carelessly, numbingly go through life, and our minds are never on Christ, hearts are never on the things of God, we don't even recognize when the contrary thoughts come in. Amen. Can I can I just be a little old school tonight on you? I remember times. When we would go to people's homes. In the church. And I was young. And I remember. They, their conversations. Every time would turn to the lord the word that's not all they talked about but it seemed like every time they would turn to conversations about the lord and what he's doing or what scripture says and they would they would talk about that do what's happened to that believers we should never gather for lengthy amounts of time and not talk about the lord we're we're numb. We're we're not aware. We're we're distracted. So our mindset has to be, we have to have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You can go read Philippians two and five. You 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 can you can go to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty three says. That you put off that old man, that former conduct that grows corrupt according to sin, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Get the mindset of Christ. Your thought life. Think on these things. Philippians 4 and 8. Things that are pure, things that are holy, things that are just, things that are righteous. Amen? Think on these things. And your outlook needs to come from a transformed mind. Or you have an outlook of hope. Or your outlook is, yeah, it looks bleak, but Jesus is coming. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. For my sister, it doesn't sound good. But our outlook is, but Jesus is with us. Amen? And he's able. It's, it's our outlook. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me tonight. I'm going to ask every one of you that will to just come down here to the front and stand across here. Let's be people that are determined have a posture and a stance of holy living. Let's be people that our lifestyle is built around the word, the things of God, concepts of Christ. It's built around him and not us. Our speech, our presentations. And let's have a holiness of thought and outlook. Let's check our minds, our thought lives. Amen. How I many believe these things are important? It's not, it's not judgment. This is important. Hey, we all fall short. Right? Your struggles may not be the same as mine, but we all fall short at times. It shouldn't be. <laughs> Amen. In. We should not use that scripture like that's our 24-hour-a-day scripture. Well, hey, we just all fall short. Yeah, well, you know, after the 17th time today, you probably need to focus on growing in the Lord a little bit. Amen. Rather than using that verse, right? Let's find another verse perfecting our lives into holiness. Let's, let's look at a different verse every now and then. But we do. We, we fall short. This is not judgment. This is challenge to holy living. I just believe if we will give our lives in the pursuit of the holiness of Christ, that we will see God do amazing things in us. So in prayer today, I just felt like the Lord said, whoever's there, I want you to call them up. I want you to take the oil. And I want you to anoint them for ministry. To go out into their world and understand they are ministers for Christ. And this oil, there's no power in this oil, right? There's no power in this oil. This oil represents something, Right? You can have cooking oil at home and anoint yourself if you need to. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not, this, it's not this physical oil, but it's what it represents. Because the Spirit of God, when you give your life to Christ, the Spirit of God anoints you, the Holy Spirit of God. I said the Holy Spirit of God anoints you for service. We went four weeks talking about holiness, sanctification, being set apart for service. Christ awakens us. The Spirit anoints us. We have to step out and walk in it. So tonight I'm going to just come through. I'm not going to linger. I'm just going to anoint you. And then I'm, we're going to pray a prayer of release for the servants of God. To holy lives, and service for the King of Kings. Amen? I don't think you're here by accident tonight. I wish the place would have been full, but it's not. But I don't think you're here by accident tonight. We got someone visiting with us tonight. You're not here by accident. You're here because God said you're my servant. Amen? I'm just going to walk by and I'm just going to, Touch your heads, all I'm going to do. And then we're going to pray together. You might say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know if I can do it, but it's not about you. It's about what the Lord has done in you. Amen. We've got purpose. I, it was some sometime back. The Lord said to me sometime back, it, in fact, I, I wrote it down and it was in, it, did I miss somebody? I, I wrote it down because the Lord, and in fact, I'll just, do you, sorry, if I just take a second. Let I me mean, let me get to this real quick. I asked like I'm going to give you a chance today. I'm not taking, a, I'm not going to take a vote. So that's a courtesy ask, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. February 18th. Okay? Right here in prayer. I told you in my in this book, I've been, I've been writing down everything the Lord says to me and I date it, put the time. I mean, I I because I I want to be able to reference at 10:25 in the morning I was here praying. And and listen, this was the Lord had given me a word that he was going to open some doors and what he was doing, he was going to begin to have me share Places he just opened that he said he was he was raising up the uh, voice and call of an evangelist in me again. That's what I started in ministry as. And night of prayer or uh, nights of miracles, I had a couple people talk to me, but they had said it'd be springtime. Anyway, I was here praying February eighteenth. It was before anything had been set that I now these that I have, and I heard the Lord say, "Get things in order at the church. Release ministries and ministers." Because I'm going to open up. I'm going I'm to press you out to preach the gospel in more places. And he said to me, just get back to focus. The three things he told me to focus on, prayer, preparation, and people. And I don't want you to get, I know sometimes people get a little bit nervous. I don't believe God's saying, hey, you're no longer going to pastor. I just believe this is a season that other doors are opening as well. But the Lord had told me he said, I want you to get people ready because as you go out the the church is going to go out and minister man it's going to spill out hey, amen i'm i have, I'm, I cannot wait to see what God's doing because I think it's just beginning and since February 18th i've I've had these two, I've got a third coming up, and I've had two others that have talked to me. So I'm telling you, there's just there's, and that means if God's doing that, that means that what He's preparing for right here is more than we realize. Because anything that happens out there, as far as in my ministry, is just an extension of River Life Church that He's called me to be a pastor of. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord. It's not the oil. It's not me touching you. It's the representation of the Holy Spirit that has spoken into our lives. That is making a way. He's opening doors. Since that time, George and Kathy have been assigned to step out into ministry. Pastor Carter's been really stepping out in the mission on wheels. And those of you, we're just seeing things. God's doing things. Lift them up and let's say, Lord, uh, send us. Lord, I've anointed these with the oil as I felt you asked me to. And now, Holy Spirit, you send us. Send us into our communities. Send us to our families. Send us on our jobs send us into our world to have an impact, to minister. There are some that preach behind pulpits. There are others that teach uh, your word. There there are others that witness for your kingdom's sake. There are others that serve food. There are others that uh, are served behind the scenes and minister in other ways, lead ministries, Father. But every one of us are ministers in your kingdom. And what you are doing here is not for us to just hold on to, Lord. We've done that. We've enjoyed what you've been doing, and we've enjoyed the times, and it's been powerful and you've moved, but it's for preparation to not just what we want in here, but what's going to happen as we begin to press on out. And we say, Lord, we're your servants everywhere we go in the marketplace, on the streets, in our community, with our neighbors, with our family gatherings, when we gather with church people. Let our focus be on your things, Lord, on on the things of God, the word of God. Let our lives be pleasing unto you. Let our lives agree with what you have done in within us, Lord. Let the outward life be a sacrificial life that is in agreement, Lord, with what's happened on the inside of us, Lord. Because when that agreement occurs, miracles follow. Amen. When the followers, <laughs> Amen. Oh, I, I, something just hit me. Mark chapter sixteen. I just heard the Spirit say, "When believers, disciples, are given the name of Jesus to take with them, signs and wonders follow them." Amen. <laughs> Amen. When believers, how many of you are believers, when believers are given the name of Jesus, Jesus said, in my name, that means they're going to carry now the name, character, power of Jesus everywhere they go. And when that happens, he said, and these signs will follow you. And you know what the word said? The word said they went out and everywhere they went, the signs followed them. Amen. We've been given assignments. It's time to see signs and wonders. We're not pursuing signs and wonders. They follow us. We're pursuing Christ in holiness and peace with all men and the assignment. But as we do, they're going to follow because of the name of Jesus. Amen. See, you have now been sent on assignment to your world. You may never stand behind a pulpit, but you have a pulpit every day. Amen. Yes. Yes. That's how we're gonna That's how we're gonna see revival. It's where we work and where we walk. And then they come and receive what only they can receive corporately, because there are some things you receive corporately. Amen. That's why this is important. But there are other things that you just carry with you and and they will receive as you go. Amen. That's right. Absolutely. And it's time. Let's get ready. Let's go on assignment and let's live holy, set apart, sanctified lives. You ready? Ready? Amen. If you're ready, lift your hand and say, I'm ready. Jesus, send me forth. Amen go. Be watching. Be aware and watching. There's going to be opportunities open up. There's going to be doors open up. There's going to be people in your path that that just kind of seem to ju- come into your path. They don't just come into your path. The Spirit of God has designed it because you're on assignment for his kingdom. Amen. God bless you for being here tonight. Thank you uh, for participating. And now let's go and change and shake our world for Jesus. Amen. God bless you. As you-